this is the Corner to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. I am speaking with Pamela Nolan from Keystep Podcast Management. Pamela is a podcast manager and a VA and after redundancy in 2018 she embarked on having her own business. It has just gone from strength to strength. She is highly organised and What she doesn't know about podcasting isn't worth knowing. She has certainly taught me a thing or two in the past few months. This episode is really unique, as in it's probably one of my shortest episodes, but the amount that you'll get out of it is unbelievable. Like Pam does with most of the things in life, everything is very succinct and her information is just there for the taking. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Corporate to Gam. So, hi Pam, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Thank you so much for coming on the Corporate to Gam podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Tell me about you. Tell me a little bit about Pam Nolan. So, I am a, a mom of two kids. I have a teenager and a 15 year old and an 11 year old, a little boy and a girl. Not so little, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in Germany in Dublin, lived there all my life, bought a house on my mom's road, never moved far from home, complete home board. I am a podcast manager. So uh, over the last couple of years, I've I set up a business in 2019 as a as a virtual assistant. And I'm after making the move into podcast management over the last year. That's amazing. And I can't wait to chat all about it. But what did you do previously tell us about your life before oh my god so previously to that I I've worked in administration type roles so secretary as we used to call us (laughs) roles like that for longer than I care to remember so I think I I left college in 1997 so it's quite some time ago so 20 plus should we say years ago and I worked at administration type roles all the way along never swayed from that Mm -hmm. and I spent the last 16 years before I set up my business working as an executive assistant and office manager in um, McDonald's so the restaurants and yeah it was an amazing time it was you know a very different company and and all the companies that I worked for taught me a lot but I think when you join a company and spend that long in it you mature with everybody who's there you get married you have kids you buy your houses so it's it's a huge part of that that was 16 years is a huge part of my life but then there was an organization restructure redundancy came out of that which was you know hard to take at the time because when you're in a job and sometimes you're like I'll get my pension out of this one but so it's hard to take at the time but then it gave me the kick up the backside to do something that I, I had always wanted to do. Yeah. So that was work for myself. Now, when I, when I was 
when when I heard the news that we were getting made redundant, I, you know, you're shocked. You go through all those emotions. But then I was like, okay, I can do this. I have a wad of cash under under me yeah. to to try it. And my way of looking at it was, what's the worst that can happen? So I, I knew, like at that stage, that's 2019, so nearly three years ago. So I had uh, uh, just into, like, just nearly 13, and I had an eight-year-old. And I had spent the last, well, since they were born, always working full-time. I've always worked full-time. Yeah. And, you know, I was very lucky. We didn't need crashes or anything like that. We had, like, my husband watched them during the day, and he worked at night, so it was brilliant. But I'd missed out on a lot. I'd missed out, not missed, but I just did, I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. I knew I didn't want to work Monday to Friday, nine to five anymore. Um, so the redundancy gave me that opportunity. So I set up Key Step Support in January 2019, 13th of January 2019. And I spent the first year thinking, what the hell have I done? Right. What the hell? Because I... You know, I didn't find clients very easy and it's it's tough and it's hard. And, and you're looking at all these other, you know, comparing yourself to all these other amazing, successful people on social media. Well, and you weren't who are like, that's the thing. It's all of the sad as well, isn't it? Oh, like, you know? abs- absolutely. But yeah. you, you when when things aren't going 100 percent for you, you look at everybody else. and You're like, they have their shit together. Yeah, they do. And I don't like yeah this is so the first year was hard but it was it was still amazing at the same time dropping the kids to school collecting them from school being there when they come home doing homework all those kind of things were just were just amazing and there's no there's no way there's no way on god's earth i would go back to it to nine to five yeah no way not a chance yeah it is lovely not having set things in your diary you know that way yeah. that you can manipulate your diary. oh well I need a free morning so I'll work in the afternoon or I'll work in the evening there, exactly. there's no comparison on that now it can be hard like it's you know I say year one was was very slow but year two at the end of year one I started to pick up but then the end of year two like it's funny when you think about it now you can't think of when last year was when the year before was but the start like year two I was heading into COVID right I was heading into a pandemic which obviously we didn't know but funnily enough for me the pandemic like shot my business forward Yeah. yeah um and it was no, wrong words it wasn't amazing for me I can't say that but for my business it was really good yeah um year, yeah year two was amazing and year three is just get I'm just getting stronger and stronger with my business and I think if I hadn't have had it would have been very easy to just finish up in McDonald's on on, on the 21st of December 2018 yeah. and and maybe take a month off with my wad of cash under my backside and then get another job. Yeah. But I knew that if I didn't do it when I did it, I wouldn't have ever done it. Yeah. So. And yeah. And it's brilliant. It, But it's great to know that, isn't it? It's great to, because as women, we get these opportunities every mm. now and then, you know, and we can once. It's very, I, I know this, this isn't going to sound politically correct either, but as women with partners that are working as well you can roll the dice and see can you make something work like you know yeah and and see you know and we do I suppose it's 
you have you have a unique opportunity to go i can make this work and as you say the first year is hard but then to go from strength to strength from that i think what was funny about it was like i said i always was of the mindset what's the worst that can happen and i think i approach most things in my life like that Mm-hmm. what's the worst that can happen so the worst thing like nobody was going to die from me setting up a new business the worst thing that could happen is that it doesn't work out and I have to go get a job so that like when you when you think about it, that's not the that's not a bad thing so no. I had to I had to give it a shot and I had spent I had spent quite a few years wanting so like I went for I wanted to be a prison guard first not when I got the redundancy before I had my son I wanted to be a prison guard because the job always appealed to me I'm not sure why and then I got pregnant and just as I was about to head into a competition for the prison service I got pregnant with Jamie and that obviously put a stop to that one I got to the interview stage for the fire brigade okay and didn't get through that so there was I think I always wanted to do something else and I think a lot of us just sit stay in our lane and stay where we're comfortable and there's nothing wrong with that but for me I knew there was something else that I wanted to do but I did think that to set up my own business I needed to come up with the next amazing idea yeah so I needed to come up with this ingenious nobody's ever done it before a unique idea to set up my business and I worked with a coach in 2018 through the redundancy. We got a few different things and a friend of mine, and I spoke to a friend of mine about it and he told me to listen to a book. It was called um, Free Range Human by Mary, Marianne Cantwell, I think is the lady's name. And basically that book made the decision for me. Yeah. So it was like, no, I don't need to find I was going to say the next iPod, but that makes me sound so old. I don't need to find the next new thing. I simply need to use the skills and the tools that I have and and run with that. Yeah. And to be honest, in 2018, I didn't even know what a virtual assistant was. Yeah. And then another friend said to me that she had seen on some course or something that she was doing online, something about virtual assistants. So I said, oh, I could do that. So I looked at it. Now, I did believe that the skills that I had in McDonald's would transfer nicely into a VA world, but they don't. So there was a lot of learning. And that was probably a good thing that year one was quieter because it was a lot of learning. But yeah, that book, Free Range Human Being, definitely helped me make the decision. Tell me about being a virtual assistant, because I know a lot of us, probably organization is, you know, probably the bottom of the list. And it's firefighting half the time and to have systems and structures in place is so important and you know even before we came on here chatting about little tweaks that you can make in in your calendar and everything like that Mm. and to know all of that detail it must be it's a great wealth of knowledge but are you or do you apply that to yourself and yeah no I do I think the only probably the only skill that was transferable from the corporate world into this world now was organizational skills because you had to I had to be like that like always um and uh I suppose it's it's having a clear oversight of what's going on so 
if you are constantly, like you said, firefighting, or if you are constantly head down, buried in the in the day to day nitty gritty stuff, then that's where your head is always going to be. You need to be able to take a step back and look at a bigger picture. Yeah. And whether that's taking, like I do CEO Mondays. So CEO Mondays are, I have no calls with clients and I, I don't like, I don't strategize every Monday. Like yeah. I don't sit down with a notebook every Monday, but I know on a Monday I have a clear head to think about what's going on for the week and the rest of the month. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think stuff like that is really important when you're when you run your own business is being able to take yourself away from the day to day and look at everything that's going on. And that's what I like to do with my business. And it's what I like to get my clients to do as well. If they don't already do it is to to just take a step back, see what's going on, see what needs to happen. And it's not like you can prevent everything, every eventuality like you can't. But if you have a clear understanding of what needs to be done, like so, say, for instance, every morning I, I write down the top three things to do that day. Now, they're like whether they're from my business or whether they're client work, yeah. the top three things. So everything else I get done is a bonus. But if I get those three things done in that day, I know that day has been a huge success. Yeah. So for me, that's really important. Um, but I do. Yeah, I do. I do keep myself organized. Like there's so many tools out there to keep yourself organized. There's so many tools to project manage yourself and your clients, but it's difficult. You meet some clients and they, and they have no systems in place at all, like zero. And they, they do what you just said. They firefight every day. And like, if, if a client rings and asks them a question, then it sends them off in a, in a different direction, which means that their little plan that they had for that day has gone out the window. But yeah, just keep yourself focused. And that's all I do. I, you know, I've got different clients in different industries and yeah, you just have to keep yourself focused. And I allot a certain amount of time to each of those clients every day. Yeah. And the biggest, if, if anybody listening has ever sent um, an email um, you checking your, you, you put in that email, you only check them at certain times of the day. And that from a distraction perspective is great yeah. as well, you know, that way. And then it sets, it sets the expectation up mm. for the reply. Uh, absolutely. And I, and I think, I think boundaries are one of the biggest things you can have in your business. But I don't. So I have my notifications off. Uh, nothing pops up on my screen. Um, I have my notifications all off on my phone. So I don't get what I don't get any notifications on my phone. So I will physically have to go in like I took Facebook off my phone because it was driving me mad. So I have to physically make a conscious decision to go in and check my email. I have to make a conscious decision. So I check it three times a day. Mm-hmm. Now. By putting that message saying that I only check it at those times, a client knows. A client also knows if they really, really need me and it's really, really urgent, they can ring me yeah. or they can e- or they can text me and I will get it quicker. But emails, I think, is such an unwanted distraction a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. And, and like that, when when you're focused on one thing, like if you have to get something complete, like whether it's you're writing a new course or you're... Um, or you're doing a proposal for somebody or whatever it is. And somebody sends you an email, it can send you down a rabbit hole. Yeah. 
and and you can't do that. You know, it's hard. It's hard. Walking is hard enough as it is, especially when you're when you're a solopreneur and you're on your own. You know, you don't have people around you to go. Can you do that? And I'll look after this. Yeah. You have to do it all. So I think it's really important to honor your boundaries. And that's just one of them that I have is those times. And from a new business perspective, like if there was three things that you could say to somebody starting a new business hmm. to get set, what would what would they be? Well, the first one is have a clear understanding of your finances. That's like number one. Understand your cash flow, understand what's coming in, what's going out and when that happens. Get yourself a good accountant also. But like for your day to day, understand your own finances. Another one would be to um, to have that clear oversight of your, to have that clear vision of your business and to understand where you need to go. Set yourself some clear, proper milestones and celebrate those milestones yeah. when you get there, you know. But I think, I, I, I definitely think project management and having an oversight of what you're doing is super important. Because there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And I, I always remember a guy who did my, when I set up the business, the Leos were doing like start your own business courses. And I did a start your own business course with this guy. And it was for six weeks. And I always remember him saying, if you want to work all the hours God sends, go get a job. So when you work for yourself, like, you know, the name of your podcast, Corporate to Calm. If you want to live this world and be your own boss, then make it work for you. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the last thing I'd say about the three things would be being authentic. So always be you. Yeah. Don't try and be anybody that you're not because you can't keep up that front for long. Yeah. And people always will warm you. Like people will warm to you and people will do business with you because it's you. You know, yeah. so I think yeah. they would be definitely the three most important things. And do you farm anything out do you delegate is there anything that you know because I can imagine that doing it you know how to not cut corners but you know how to streamline you know how to yeah. put things in place is there anything that you've gone I really just don't want to do that yeah well stuff like my website so I can pull together a website for for anybody and I can do it for a client but I don't have the time to do it for myself okay. so website was definitely one of them and having somebody else to read over the stuff that I write you know was super important to me and obviously an accountant so I don't do all of my own tax return I don't do all of my own like I do I understand my day-to-day -day cash flow um, but the overall yeah accounting but you know I, I I think the important thing is just to remember where your zone of genius is yeah so what are you good at and if there is bits in your business that you're not great at, well, then look at outsourcing. And I think people have a misconception of outsourcing that it has to be you're hiring somebody full time. You're not. You know, you can hire somebody for four hours a month. You can hire somebody for 20 hours a month. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think there's more and more of us out there as well. There's so many freelancers out there doing everything imaginable. Yeah, I think there's it, there's definitely scope to outsource to other people. But uh, the website, you know, just there's no way I could have done I could have done it, but I wouldn't have done it to the same level that I had somebody do it for me. So yeah. think about it that way. If you can't do it to where you want it to be, well, then get somebody else to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so the next venture and third year saw the 
the move to podcast mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. and like tell me about that because I'm intrigued it's so it's it's so far it is I suppose it's as far out there as me starting a podcast you know that <laughs> way but yeah but it is it is a unique thing to offer really because there's not a, apart from the big houses and the record studios there's not yeah. a lot of people offering this service there's not many of us in Ireland oh, I know that for a fact yeah. but um I I got introduced to podcast management through a client a VA client who had a podcast and she had her own podcast manager so she had me as her VA and she had a podcast manager as well and she a podcast manager was in the states and through that I got introduced to a lady um, called Lauren Wrighton who runs a course for podcast managers and I remember when I saw her I thought oh, I, I think I'd like that mm. but I didn't do anything about it and then she did you know like our free webinar about four or five months later and I signed up and I was hooked I was hooked the minute I the minute she started I was like this is for me and I tell you why it's it's more for me than like I love my VA role and I've got a great bunch of clients I really do but the part, what I love about the podcast inside of it is people hand me stuff and two weeks later I hand it back. Yeah. So there, it's it's a lot less, it's a lot less touch for me right. than the VA clients. Um, but it's it's an amazing world. And I also think it's it's such an authentic way to, to reach an audience. Like mm-hmm. there's 70,000 new podcasts every month get launched. Yeah. It's obscene. Um, and you know without sounding I don't even know what the word I want to use to but without sounding brash maybe is the right word I can make I can make a good living out of podcast management so again in the world that we live in you know we want to do less work and earn more money that's you know that's the whole point of working for yourself so it's an exciting time for me um I also believe that the podcast world changes like every day. Yeah. There's new stuff. So it's exciting because I said it earlier, staying in your lane, you can't stay in your lane with podcast management. So it is, it is a very, it is very, it is a very exciting time. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody's listening and they were thinking, oh, I might start a podcast. What would you say to them to have in place? Uh, They start like not, you know, not even thinking about down the road. Like what do you need? Well, you don't need very much to start a podcast. What I would say to you is build your strategy out first. So figure out what you want from it. Figure out where you want it to go, whether it's a hobby or whether it's you want to monetize it. Figure all that out. But a strategy will do that for you. There's actually a blog on my website that is just a sample strategy for for setting up something like this. And it just asks a few simple questions. Um, but other than that, you don't need very much. You need a laptop. Uh, you need a mic. And you need a decent set of headphones. Um, and that's it. I, I know somebody who records their podcast in their closet. Because you just need a small space. Yep. Um, if you can have a space with lots of fabric around you. So because that makes the acoustics better. Um, but you, you, you don't need to pay for anything. Yeah. Like the recording software is free. You can use the free recording software or, or you can you can absolutely pay for it. Um, the editing software you can use audacity that's free so you don't need anything the only thing you need to pay for is your hosting platform and you can choose a free host as well so it's a great opportunity to talk about what you love Mm -hmm. but again it's the same as setting up any business 
it's it's be you on the podcast yeah, yeah. don't try to be something that you're not yeah. and you know just be authentic yeah. people see through that if you're not they certainly do they certainly do so as a podcast manager and a virtual assistant do you switch off i know that we talk about the emails that we've been read at a certain time and everything like that but it must be we've talked about boundaries as well but do you find that because i have all my notifications off on my phone and that mm. but sometimes i have to just put it in another room rather mm. than have it and it make it as it make it as difficult to access as, as mm -hmm. possible but do you do you find that it's easy enough for you to switch off because it sounds like you have your boundaries created as well you do have to switch off but when you are running your own business there's still always stuff to do yeah so that's why i do the mondays so i work on my business on a monday yes um because if i didn't what i found i was doing was i was working at my business at 11 o'clock on a, at night or saturday and sunday right and yes my kids are at an age now that they don't want to do anything with me so they're out with their friends but i still don't want to be i don't mind if i have to for some reason but i don't want to be working saturdays and sundays yeah you know so and if it, if if it's needed it's needed but I, I think, yeah, having your boundaries is super important. So, yeah, so sometimes I find with even having the notifications off, you could be tempted. So would you, what, what would you, what would you do like to just make it as difficult as possible? Or are you just kind of like, oh, you know, I don't need to do that. I think I've gotten to a stage now that I am quite good at just not looking at it. Yeah. Like, so for me, I have my phone face down. And it's on the other desk. So I have two desks and it's on the other desk. Um, but I have got very good with my time. So one really good thing to do. So I have everything in my calendar. Mm -hmm. Everything. Like if I showed you a picture of my calendar, you'd be like, that's ridiculous. Why have you got that in? But for instance, I have the school run. I have school pickups. I don't collect my kids from school anymore. They walk home. But I still have it in there. Mm -hmm. I, I And I have it in as busy. Because if somebody tries to schedule a call with me, I don't want them to schedule it in that time. And I don't want to then have to go back and go, oh, I can't do that time or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I also have my lunch scheduled into my diary. I've got, if I'm doing like a walk or exercise, whatever it is, I have all of that in my diary because it's all, it's, it's all down to managing your boundaries again. But if I have it in the diary, I, I funny, I, I always say with my coach, if I don't plan it, it doesn't happen. And I love hearing that because that's one thing I say to people, you need to plan. People plan everything. And it's like, if you don't plan your exercise, you won't do it. No, you won't. So like I have my swimming in, I go swimming twice a week and I have that in my diary. And now it's in the evening. Mm -hmm. Still there. Yeah. So when I start a day, I know what's happening that evening. But I, I've gotten quite good. I think if, if, if your phone distracts you, well, then absolutely turn it off. Yeah. Put it in a drawer. Yeah. Put it somewhere that you're not tempted to look at it. But if it does distract you, like hearing that ping or your if even take your notifications if you have like an Apple Watch or anything, take your notifications off them. Yeah. Because how many times are you on a call with somebody and they're like that? And you know they're not reading the time. They're yeah. looking at a message. Yeah. So take your notifications off that as well. We've so many ways now that people can get at us and people can talk to us that it's really good to to just like get rid of all of that yeah but but turning stuff off like what's 
again, it comes back to even what I said when I said in my business, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You know, maybe not turning the phone off completely, maybe leaving the ringer on that if somebody needed to reach you or if you've got kids and they're in school or whatever, but just turning the notifications off is key because you do, you get sucked down a rabbit hole within seconds. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, have you... We've talked about being a VA. We're talking about being a podcast manager and that looks set for the future. Is there anything else that you'd like to do or you've thought about doing? I haven't really thought. Uh, there's nothing at the moment that I, I think I want to do. I know I want to create. My goal was always to be able to outsource the VA work to other people. So that was always my goal. Um, So to run like not an agency but somewhat like an agency model um with the podcasting that was always my goal with the VA work but the podcasting is such an exciting space to be in I'm excited to see where that goes um I I'm going to create a course not a course yeah of course I suppose I'm going to create a course next year for people who want to set up their own podcast and don't can't don't want to or you know, a DIY podcast. So they, they, they don't want to take on somebody to, to launch their podcast for them or they can't afford it at the moment or whatever it is that they can take this package and it gives them everything that they need. So that'll be coming down the tracks early next year. Brilliant. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, exactly what, because uh, I, yeah, I know, because I remember when I was doing mine and I was on the internet and on YouTube, like just, you know. Yeah. People will, do want those step-by-step guide for sure. Yeah. And it's um, not for everybody. Like DIY is absolutely fine. But yeah. to have one resource that gives you everything you need, I think is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me something not a lot of people know about you. Um, so my first job was in a nappy factory. Oh, lovely. When I was 13. So I suppose not everybody would know that. I got a pound an hour. And I did 25 hours a week and I thought I was the business at the end of the week, walking out with 25 pounds straight into uh, H. Samuels in town to buy the biggest pair of hoop earrings I could find. <laughs> um, yes, this was not everybody knows that about me. Yeah. And what about, what's your proudest moment? Having the kids, obviously. Yeah. But I tell you what was a really proud moment for me. I was in the car with my son about, about three or four weeks ago. And like I said, he's 15, so spends most of his time with his face in his phone or in his room or whatever. But we were in the car going somewhere. And he says, Mom, I'm really proud of you setting up your business. And I just thought, wow. Like if he if he can see that. But it's it's, it's a mindset shift of realizing that um, this is your business. I'm a business owner. That's that's a big thing for me. But for him to say that, that was quite a proud moment for me. I didn't cry. I swear I didn't cry. <laughs> you shed a little tear, you did. Didn't you? No, it's just one or two. Yeah, just uh, one or two. Um, so at Corporate Decam, we're all about taking a risk to create your own happiness. What would you say to somebody that's thinking about starting something for themselves? What, would you say, what, what advice would you have for them? Uh, do it. Yeah. If you If you financially can do it, Obviously, that's important. Yes. But I would recommend if if you're considering, if you've always wanted to work for yourself, but you don't know even what you want to do, I would recommend that book, that free range human being. Uh, Cantwell, anyway, free range human. There's only one out there. And I remember getting the audio book and just listening to it. And 
there's lots of she puts like um they're like exercise there's exercises throughout the book and it just it reinforces um your thoughts like if you're already thinking about it it just reinforces them and it gives you really great ideas but what I would say to you is like you know with the with this being corporate to calm that calmness can leave very quickly when you set up your own business so always remember it's like we all live in a very fluid world now and things can change really quickly but have a clear plan have a clear strategy but set those boundaries and those boundaries aren't just for your clients or you know your customers whatever those client boundaries are with your family your friends your kids and yourself because it's very easy to get burnt out very quickly yeah and if you do that if you set those clear boundaries and are strict with yourself with them then it can stay a much calmer world than it was before yeah so every week I have a this or that section and um obviously this week is no different Pam so (laughs) I'm going to get straight into it um okay we're going to go for a tea or coffee oh tea Oh, tea. Jeez, very conviction. Listen, uh, I'm traveling to America tomorrow and I have three large boxes of tea bags in my suitcase for, for, the, for the Irish family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> learning, learning or teaching? Learning. VA uh, or podcast? Podcast. Yeah. Sweet or savory? Yeah. Sweet or savory? Oh, savory. Every time. Beer or bubbles? Can I say neither? Can I go say tea again? <laughs> you can. You can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a walk or a swim? Swim. Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. Podcast or a book? Ooh, podcast. Face to face or online? Face to face. Winter or summer? Summer. And if people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you? So I am on Instagram at keystepsupport underscore podcast management or uh, they can get in touch with me through my website, keystepsupport. Thank you very That's much. It. Thank Have you very much, Linda. Then. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for coming on the Corporate Camp Podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Camp Podcast. Please subscribe leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to calm.